Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Knit 4, Pearl 1, Chapter 3 After a day spent worrying and fretting, Fox parked his car and took a deep breath. It was already completely dark outside and snow was in the forecast. The air was still and he knew by the time he left, there was an extreme possibility the ground would be covered in a late winter snow. Opening the door, he shivered as he closed the door and walked away from the car. He buttoned his coat and blew into his hands as he walked out of the parking garage. People walked past, heading home from their workday. He moved out of the way of a group of women, chatting and laughing about their weekend plans. Keeping his head down, he crossed the street, safely this time. The shop was brightly lit, especially against the ones that were already dark. He could see women inside, about five or six, laughing at something. It was still ten minutes until 6.30, and he nervously paced a ways back, not sure he should head inside yet and not wanting her to see him accidentally. A couple of women walked past him, chatting happily and carrying dishes of food. They walked inside the shop, and he could hear happy greetings before the door closed. Taking a deep breath, he waited until he saw the women clear away to the other side of the room before he walked toward the door. Opening it, he stepped inside and walked to the register, where he saw an older woman standing, swaying slightly to the music that was quietly playing. She looked up and smiled warmly at him. Hello. Oh, you must be Fox. She put out her hand and he stared at her as he shook it. Dana said you would be here and to keep an eye out for you. She squeezed his hand gently and then let go. How did you know who I was? She laughed and looked behind him, and he did the same as he turned around. Now that he was in the shop, he could see it was quite a few people, all women. They were chattering away as they set food on the tables that had been brought out for that exact purpose. Most of the women were middle-aged, but some were younger. Oh, I see, he said quietly, turning to look back at the woman. She smiled again, and he saw nothing but kindness in her eyes. I'm Maggie, Maggie Scully. I'm glad you're here. You're Dana's mother, he stated, and she nodded. You, you made it. He turned to his right and saw Dana walking towards him, holding a large empty basket, a big smile on her face. I'm so happy to see you. Can I help you? He asked, reaching for the basket. No, I'm good. Need to take this to the back and I'll be out again. Mom, Mrs. Hung was asking about a stitch you showed her last week. Oh, right. Excuse me. It's nice to have you here, Fox. She touched his arm and he watched her walk over to the group of happy and smiling women. So, you freaked out yet? Dana asked, and he looked back at her. She was smiling, but he saw concern in her eyes. He smiled and took off his coat. Not yet. Good. She sighed and excused herself, his eyes following her as she did. An hour later, he had a feeling this might not be the outlet for him. While there were some just starting out, most of them were quite adept, and the fast click of their needles fairly hypnotized him. Fox, were you able to cast on? He looked at the kind, smiling woman standing before him, and he sighed. Mrs. Scully, to be completely honest, I don't know if I can do this. Casting on isn't too hard, but the rest? He shook his head and showed her how the yarn was stretched out and also somehow incredibly tight around the large needle. Let's see what's going on, she said, taking it from him and patting his shoulder. And please, call me Maggie. I'm sorry, but my strict New England upbringing prohibits me from doing so, even as an adult. 
Shaking his head again, she looked at him and laughed softly. Understood. He smiled and she unwrapped the yarn from the needle, taking it off completely. I think it may be best to start over. If only everything was so easy, he said quietly and she nodded. Isn't that the truth? He looked at her and saw sadness behind her small smile. But then she touched his shoulder gently and the sadness passed. Would you like me to show you again? He nodded and leaned forward, eager to try it again, though he knew it was most likely for naught. As she demonstrated, for at least the third time that evening, he heard Dana laugh and he smiled. Her laugh was infectious and he cut his eyes in her direction, finding her laughing with two women whose names escaped him. Eyes closed, hand on her chest as she laughed. He looked away, not wanting to be caught staring, especially with her mother standing right in front of him. So that's pretty much it. Is that any clearer? Uh, I'd like to say yes, but... He smiled at her, taking the needle back from her and staring at it. I'm a very intelligent person. You'd think I could figure this out. He shook his head and she laughed, patting his shoulder as she went to check on the other people in the group. A young girl, about ten, sat beside him. She was one of the women's granddaughters, and she was in deep concentration, the stitches of her bright pink yarn straight and neat. She finished with the row of stitches and smiled proudly as she turned the needle and began to start again. Wow, you caught on really fast, he said, and she looked up at him with a grin. Thanks, this is actually my second time. Miss Maggie showed me how to cast on last time and how to start with the stitches, but then we had to go. I had a soccer game the next day, and my mom wanted me home early. You're doing a great job, except... She set her needles down and took his one from him. You're holding your needle too tight. Here, try this. He smiled as he watched her, the dark gray yarn he had chosen beginning to become... something... under her capable hands. So, try it like that and it should be better. Thank you. Amelia. Amelia, right. Thank you for your help. You're welcome. She smiled as she handed him back his needle and he stared at it, shaking his head. It really was simple. And yet, how are you doing? He heard and looked up to see Dana. She smiled at him and then looked at Amelia. Whoa, Amelia, you're doing great. Wonderful stitches and a beautiful color. Thank you, Miss Dana. Grandma gave me some of her old needles and I was practicing this past week. But I didn't really like the yarn I had. This one is much prettier. Amelia smiled and ran her fingers over the yarn. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Amelia, come over here and tell Mrs. Puckett about your soccer game. Yes, Grandma. Be right back. She set her knitting down in her chair and ran to speak to her grandmother. Dana moved the needles and held them in her lap as she sat down in the empty seat. So, how are you doing? She asked quietly, and he nodded at his needle. This is about as far as I've gotten, and that was thanks to your mother and Amelia. Otherwise, I think it would be a pile of yarn on the floor, and these needles would either be thrown into the wall or up into the ceiling. She laughed as she glanced up, the ceiling quite high. Well, that's good then. He nodded and sighed as he set the needle down and shook his head. Maybe you didn't get very far, but did it help? Have you been able to shut off? Smiling, he nodded and looked around the room. Honestly, when the night started, this would have been the last place. I thought I would find some kind of peace, but he shook his head and looked back at her. I think this might be the first time I've been able to shut it down, to not feel that anger bubbling up when people seem happy around me. It's different with them? Yeah, I don't know why. Hmm, maybe it's not that they are overly happy, 
but behaving and experiencing everyday life and finding happiness in it. He stared at her and she smiled softly, touching his knee with her own. I know that may not be what you want to hear, and if someone had said that to me after my father died, I would have told them to get fucked. He raised his eyebrows and she laughed quietly. Well, he said, smiling at her. She shrugged and he nodded. I understand what you're saying, and I know there's truth to it. He nodded again and she smiled. Thank you for asking me to be here tonight. Thank you for coming. They stared and smiled at one another, not seeming to notice they were doing it. Dana, should we set out the dessert? Her mother called and she nodded, still looking at him. Do you want some help? He asked and she shook her head. Standing up, she set Amelia's knitting down and walked away, looking back at him with a smile. His eyes fell onto his needle and yarn, and he shook his head as he saw how truly bad he had been at it. Amelia came back and picked up her own needles, smiling at him and walking towards the table laden with desserts. When he left, nearly an hour later, snow had indeed begun to cover the ground. It was not too thick, but it was still coming down, and he knew it was only a matter of time. Moving the bag on his arm, he took out his keys as he entered the parking garage. He unlocked the door, put the bag on the passenger seat, and turned on the car, rubbing his hands together to warm them. Glancing at the bag, he laughed as he thought about what was inside of it. Dana had given him needles and two skeins of yarn. Her mother had written down the instructions step by step to help him practice once he got home, and Amelia had told him to keep trying and showed him again how to hold the needles. The women in the group had created a container of leftovers for him to take, especially after discovering he was single, no doubt believing he could not cook adequately for himself. He had thanked them, happy to have some food to eat, as he actually did not have much of anything in his cupboards. As the car became warmer, he thought back to how he had felt while in the shop. Normally, a large group of chatty women would have sent him turning the other way. That had been a large part of his childhood, and it was one he avoided as an adult. But tonight, tonight it had been comforting, and the time had passed quickly. He had not been overly chatty with anyone, but had enjoyed listening to them chatting as he ate and observed everyone, his detective's eyes taking it all in. He had a good time, he had to admit it. And it was not just because he was around Dana, though he would have been just as happy if it was just the two of them. It was as though the worries of the world waited outside, only happiness allowed within the little shop. He chuckled as he turned the heater on, the car finally warm enough, and aimed the vents towards him. He put his hands in front of them, the warmth slightly stinging his cold fingers, before he backed up and drove out of the garage. Looking at the shop, as he was stopped at the red light, he saw Dana and her mother standing in the middle of the shop in conversation. Dana laughed, shaking her head, and her mother smiled, shrugging with her hands up. She rubbed her mother's arm, and they walked their separate ways. The light turned green, and he slowly pulled through the intersection, mindful of the snow on the ground. Happiness and light, he said, in the silence of the car with a smile and a shake of his head. She definitely got what she wanted. You're doing what? Samantha asked as they shared a late lunch after his therapy appointment. Did you say you're knitting? No, I said I'm learning to knit. I'm not hearing a difference. He laughed happily, and she looked at him in surprise. Wow, I haven't heard you laugh like that in a long time. Her eyes filled with tears, and she reached for her napkin, dabbing at her eyes. Oh, Sam, I didn't mean to make you cry. He sighed and shook his head. I'm sorry. 
Don't apologize. These are happy tears. She started crying harder, and he moved his chair closer, putting an arm around her shoulders. She turned her head and cried into his shoulder as she wrapped an arm around his neck. They were quiet, the waiter walking up and then away as Fox shook his head. He rubbed Samantha's arm as her tears began to subside. She pulled back and wiped at her eyes again, letting out a deep breath. We can't make this a thing, crying in restaurants. It's embarrassing, she said from behind her napkin, and he chuckled as he rubbed her back. She shook her head and blew out a loud breath. Okay, I'm all right now. She looked at him and he nodded, moving his chair back. God, Fox, that was seriously the last thing I expected to hear you say. I mean, we joked about you wearing a beret as you painted in the park, but this? I never expected this. He snorted and shook his head. You never expected it? Imagine my surprise. He widened his eyes at her and she laughed, a small sob escaping. She shook her head and rolled her eyes with a laugh. How did that even come about? He smiled and told her about going back to apologize to Dana, knowing he had behaved inappropriately. Long story short, she suggested this group thing she does on Friday evenings. People come to her shop and spend time knitting, eating, and talking. Fox, you're describing our childhood, minus the knitting, of course. She gave him a look, and he nodded with a laugh. Honestly, that's what I thought at first, but it wasn't like that at all. I hated those parties when we were younger. All the women with their many perfumes mingling together, always being dressed up and not allowed to play so we wouldn't dirty our clothes. He shuddered and she laughed with a nod. It's not like that though, Sam. What's it like then? It's, it's casual and comfortable. It's inviting and when I was there for two hours, I didn't think about anything. I was focused on what was in front of me, listened to others speaking, and just was able to shut it off for a little while. He smiled at her and she shook her head as her eyes filled with tears again. Sam. He sighed and she waved him away. That makes me so happy to hear. Happy tears, I promise. He reached for her hand and she took his with a squeeze. I think you found your outlet. He laughed and she shrugged. We'll see. And for a month, he had found an outlet that helped. Every Friday he was there, sitting with Amelia, as together they became better at knitting though she far surpassed him within two weeks. She helped him and showed him how best to do his stitches. He enjoyed all the food brought in, different types from different cultures, and he always left with a container of leftovers, eating the food for a few days. He even attempted to recreate the recipes himself, finding that he also found peace in cooking, something he had not experienced before. He also enjoyed getting to know Dana better. She was funny and kind, her teasing smile one he liked to see the most. Her eyes would light up as she poked good-spirited fun at herself and at others. Often, they would have a cup of tea before he left, just the two of them, after the others had gone home. He knew he was in no shape at the moment, as he constantly reminded himself every time he left, but he was falling in love with her. With the way she cared for others, her positive outlook, her kindness, and her ability to make others feel at ease, and her beauty, which she did not even seem to be aware of, her concern lying elsewhere. She was beautiful, and he could not stop himself from staring at her, her blue eyes pulling at him like a magnet. Those Fridays became bright spots in his week, his therapist noting that he was beginning to seem better and take control of his healing process. But then, his life was flipped upside down and everything became about meetings with lawyers, depositions, recounting his version of events over and over, and he slipped back into his depression. He stayed home, away from people, 
turned off his phone and spoke to no one, until Samantha came in using her key and physically pulled him from his bed. She made him toast and tea, gently reprimanding him for traveling down that dark path again and not leaving her away to find him. I know, Fox, I do, she said with her hand up to stop him from speaking, but you can't disappear like that. I will be here for you, even if it means sitting here and saying nothing for hours. Please, Fox. He nodded, his head down. She rubbed his back and he sighed. Can you do me a favor? He asked quietly. I can do whatever you need, she answered, still rubbing his back. Could you hand me some paper and a pen? Then take this note to Dana at her shop. He took the item she handed him and she nodded. Of course. Gotta leave a breadcrumb trail, right? He looked at her as she sat beside him and she shook her head. Breadcrumbs can be eaten and are far too small. He nodded, suddenly very tired, but wanting to write the note before he went back to bed. He wrote her a note of apology, explained why he was not showing up on Friday nights, and expressed hope that he would be back soon. Samantha brought him an envelope and he placed the letter inside. He handed it to her, Dana's name and the address of the shop written upon it. I need to go back to bed. Thank you for coming over. I always, I'll always be here when you need me. He stood up and pulled her in for a hug. Thank you, Sammy. Hey, what have I said about that nickname? That you love it, he said with a small smile. Sure I do, Foxy, she teased as she stepped back and he chuckled softly. She stroked his cheek and nodded. I'll take this to her today and be back to check on you tomorrow. He nodded and started to walk back toward his bedroom, feeling tired down to his bones. He laid down and was asleep before Samantha had shut the door. When he woke again, it was to a warm glow from the small lamp on his dresser. He closed his eyes to the brightness, listening as Samantha shuffled around the room. You didn't have to come back tonight. You said tomorrow, he said, his voice thick from sleep. You actually didn't specify if you wanted me here. I took it upon myself to come over. His eyes flew open and saw Dana standing there, her red hair shining in the light, her eyes seeming bluer than ever. How? Your sister let me in. She's in the kitchen putting away the food we brought over from the ladies in the group. You won't be lacking food for a while. She smiled and he started to sit up. Hey, here. She helped him, adjusting his pillows as he leaned back, closing his eyes. Thank you, he whispered and she hummed softly. He felt her sit on the bed beside him and he opened his eyes. She took his hand and held it in both of hers, staring at him in concern. Are you okay? Yeah, I was worried about you. I'm sorry. No. Don't be sorry. I understand. I just... She sighed and he squeezed her hands. I didn't know how to reach you and I... I know. My sister said the same. I'm sorry to have worried you. Thank you for the letter. I hope it was okay that I told the others. They were worried too. Do they? They only know you're dealing with a personal situation. Thank you. And please thank them for the food. I will. They were quiet for a bit, her eyes on his and seeming to say things without speaking. What happens now? There will be a trial. I can't talk about it with anyone other than those involved. I thought it would be best if I pulled away. This is... I'm... He did not know what to say, how to explain exactly how it was affecting him. I know. She squeezed his hand and let go with one of hers, brushing his hair back and stroking his cheek. He closed his eyes and leaned into her touch. You do know what needs doing, Fox. Just please don't disappear again. I 
I can't. He opened his eyes and stared at her, falling further in love with her, as hard as he tried to stop it. I won't. I promise. Good. He squeezed her hand and she leaned forward, laying her head gently on his chest. He closed his eyes as the scent of her hair filled his nose. She shifted until she was lying beside him, his arm around her and hers wrapped around his waist, her head on his shoulder. He took a deep breath and listened to her breathing, the sound of it calming and pulling him to sleep. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>